0: Hello and welcome to RipperCast, your podcast on Jack the Ripper and the Whitechapel murders, as we bring to you recordings from the audio archives. This is the second of eight installments in chronological order, spanning the years 1995 through to 1999, and all focusing on the Maybrick Diary. The main purpose of these releases is to save and preserve, by sharing in digital format, Ripper-related recordings, originally made on cassette, that over the many years are now quickly deteriorating. The following sound recording we bring you is Mike Barrett on BBC Radio Merseyside, which aired on the 13th and 20th of September 1995.
1: Now for the Azaria interview. Here's Bob Azaria. Hello again, Bob Azaria here. And just two weeks ago, Stuart Evans and Paul Graney appeared on this program with startling new evidence about the identity of the legendary Jack the Ripper. Stuart and Paul maintained that the mass murderer who stalked the streets of Victorian London was actually an American herb doctor, a quack, who was, at one time, arrested on lesser charges than murder, only to jump bail and abscond back to America. The evidence is based on newly discovered letters written by the one-time head of the CID, Chief Inspector John Littlechild, who named Francis Tumblety as the Ripper. Well, all this brings the total of... ...so-called Ripper suspects into double figures, though the evidence is impressive in this case, and of course it's the latest available. It also dismisses the claims of the so-called Ripper Diaries, which were published two years ago, and which purported to be the diaries of James Maybrick, himself the alleged victim of murder by his wife Florence in 1889 in Liverpool, the year after the Ripper murders ceased. Stuart and Paul claim that these diaries, which caused a sensation when they were published have now been admitted to be a hoax by Michael Barrett, the one-time scrap metal dealer who owns the diaries and claims that they were given to him by a man named Tony Devereaux, who died. Well, no sooner had the evans Grainy program been broadcast than I received a letter from Mr Barrett, in which he says categorically that the diaries are not a hoax and that he has not signed a sworn affidavit admitting that they were. It joins me now to put the record as straight as possible and to maintain the confusion I fancy as to just who really was Jack the Ripper, and just who wrote the famous diaries. James Maybrick, possibly, alias Jack the Ripper, or maybe somebody else years later. Mike Barrett, first, whatever the truth, whether or not the diaries are genuine, you personally believe yourself to be the Ripper's latest victim, together with most of those who've been involved with them. Can you explain? Oh. <laughs> well, first of all, I know it's only a half hour, but if you have several hours, I don't even think that would be sufficient. What happened to me? Well, uh, I was divorced, due to the pressure. It's a very, very long story, indeed. But nevertheless, I bring, di- I, I come directly to the river Booth. I, I, I believe, and I sincerely believe that it's got a no about it. I go, I can go into that a great deal later, because everybody's touched. It seems something's happened to them. Uh, for instance, I'll just give you a couple of examples. Uh, Doreen Montgomery had a partner, very nice fellow, good years. She just recently died of cancer. The chap who had the watch just was literally run over two weeks ago. The chap who had, had the, the watch. watch. This is the Johnson. watch which was found in a shop That's in quite Rome. correct. Yes, has died. Has died in a road Well, in a, well in most likely accidents in Spain. And where is this watch now? Uh, actually, I don't know. That's with the Johnson. Well. Albert, obviously, Albert Johnson, probably with his brother. Who so found it originally, originally Albert originally Johnson. Yet. I'm resuming because I don't keep in contact with them. But uh, you, you believe that that should be readily accessible? Yes. I've been attacked very viciously within the press. Very viciously within the press. You wow. it, Yes. Oh, yes. No question about that. Why have you been attacked? Well, when somebody comes along and actually sincerely believes that the diary is actually genuine, I mean, it creates worldwide interest, obviously. Um, people want to know everything. That's the other you know, even my even to my own private life. Now I've actually and this is well on record, it's in a paperback, I've actually had obscene phone calls, I've actually had phone calls in the middle of the night, I've actually had threats, I've actually had one death threat, which has been logged with what Lane lame police station. That is factual. Right? This is to the extent of what the diary has caused. I don't want to dwell particularly on your private life, but mm-hmm. you mentioned it yourself and the very first thing that you said were yeah. that
0: this you have been
1: divorced yes. since mm-hmm. all this came Quite about. True. You, well, you really look, believe that came out as, as a loss yes, of profession? Yeah, well, we were married for 19 years. We were married for 19 years. We were going along quite amicably. You know, I mean, <laughs> far from rich, <laughs> my wife was in it as a secretary. I was, you know, on invalidity with kidney failure. I'm going along quite amicably. Then Tony Devereux gives me this diary, and then everything changed. Just everything literally went downhill from there onwards. I, I was, actually, to be perfectly honest, to, to say a madman possessed would, 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 would be, I don't know, an, an understatement, because the diary literally took over my life. I mean, it did take over my life. But you had other problems, I think, as well, didn't you? In regards... Uh, Well, for example, didn't you... Oh, the drink, I had a drink. drink, I. Oh, yes, I'd become an alcoholic. Oh, there's no question about that. In the end, it just goes, the pressure was so much. And I do honestly mean the pressure was so much. Constant harassment over the diary. I mean, I've been interviewed virtually all over the world. 60 minutes in America. Uh, This is something you've got to think of. an ordinary person has taken literally from a terrace house I'm prone fl- into the media spotlights. So you would like to put yeah. the clock back then? Oh, I definitely like to put the clock back if I had every... If I could turn the clock back, no question about it. What so about the financial aspect of it? Have you not made any money out of it? No, you? because we have been fending this off legally. Uh, that we had to uh, fend off the Times, for instance. The Times, now they come down, they come and interview me, and they ask an awful lot of questions, and I categorically denied that the diary... You know, I wrote the diary, because this is one of the suppositions that people have been made. I think one of the reasons that I made this supposition is that for a brief period of time, about seven or eight years ago, I was writing short stories and interviewing various celebrities. And I go back, Mr. if you recollect you've actually been at my house. Going back seven years ago. Indeed. And the type of people I was interviewing, such as Kenneth Williams, Stan Boardman, Mick Miller, and some quite famous celebrities that happened at the time, Bernard Manning, etc. I was working or freelancing for a magazine called Celebrity Magazine. Now, because I had, shall we say, a moderate success within writing, people have automatically presumed, and picked up on that fact, and automatically presumed, well, if he's had a moderate success in rising and had moderate success in interviewing people, you know, two and two, make five. Well, this is the conclusion an awful lot of people jump to. Yes, with a great difficulty with regard to your diary, there is simply no provenance, other than your word. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Now, this is the biggest problem. Now, no provenance to the diary. Regressively, you ha- I had to make a stand. Um, Everybody was badging me for providence over a period of two years. This is before I really went and hit the bottle. This is before. I always had me occasional pints. I'll be the first person to admit that. I've always, I've always had a pints all my life. Right. Now, having said that, over a period of two years, I was budgeting and badging and badged constantly. To the point you couldn't even go out, you know, where people say, what about this diary, Mike? What about this diary? It was the diary seven days a week, 24 hours a day, constantly. It intruded on my personal life. Now, even, quite honestly, the Daily Post, went along, and even intruded Caroline's school, that's my daughter at the time, to find out where Caroline was, in order in order to get to myself, in order to find out where I lived. Now that is factual, that well, is actually factual. was this because they simply didn't know where you lived, or, no, or I hadn't right made it. any contact? I hadn't made no contact whatsoever. Are you suggesting that their behaviour was improper? To, to a degree, I know, you can't say you suggest that their behaviour is improper, I can understand this on a writer's point of view, or a journalist's point of view, that it's a big news story. Right. So, I'm not saying it's improper, but what I'm saying is that when it begins to intrude in your personal life, where do you start contacting the headmistress, Mrs. Amelia, at the time, to find out where your daughter is? And the reason he got onto that, Caroline, your daughter at the time, was featured in the uh, Daily Post, uh, Echo, and in the Echo, uh, for playing the last, uh, the last trumpet being, uh, sorry, the last post by the British Legion, being the first young child to play that. I happen to mention this to a person on a train coming back from London. That's just one and one made suit. He comes to five and then he, put it this way, yeah. he found me through Caroline. It's, it's um, a reasonable d- way to to, 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 find d- to find you. And that's Bye. how he found me. Now, I found that work, to a certain it was an intrusion on my privacy well they wanted to I find you and it. they wanted no doubt to ask you questions politely mm-hmm. and properly mm-hmm. and i'm sure they did did they not oh yes, yes yes right i mean i'm not suggesting anything was improper no i'm just saying that it's just this is where it all sorts begins where every, your private life no longer becomes your private life all oh, right but nonetheless you went on and had the book published yes so mm-hmm. to an extent you courted publicity no no, I don't think I actually did once no, but you must, must, you must no. appreciate No, no. Yeah, i do appreciate publish that. a book of this sort, yeah, you uh, to be You used the word court publicity. No, yes. actually, I didn't court publicity. You didn't seek it. No, I didn't seek it because Doreen Montgomery, the first time I met her, Doreen Montgomery is my agent. First time I met her, and she brought Shirley Harrison. I said, well, fine. Shirley yeah, Harrison said, is the woman who wrote, actually wrote, wrote the book. around the book yeah. wrote the diary and what have you. And obviously, I've done tremendous amount of the research with her. I mean, which she actually wrote the actual contents of the book. Now Shirley Harrison, um, well, sorry, we're diversifying. We're going back to Dorian Montgomery. Going back to the first time, and I said, "I said I don't really wish to be famous. I don't want to become famous." You know, little little did I know at that particular time, I, I was actually producing what I call today Frankenstein's monster. That's what I call the diary today, the monster. Right. Because it is just totally and utterly, got completely out of control. Yes. Well, now within the book itself there are many references to the tests which took place, the forensic tests which took place on the paper, on the ink, mm-hmm. on the handwriting, to indicate that it was at least 90 years old, possibly a little bit more, 100 years That's old. That's correct. All right. Now, this is fully documented in the book, and Shirley Harrison, the author, comments on all these things. Now, subsequently, one hears that there is further evidence that the ink is much newer and contains an ingredient which wasn't available until about nineteen seventy four. Right. Now, having said that, you have to appreciate I'm going back to Shirley Harrison's research, my own research, Robert Smith's research and the various people I've Robert uh, the publisher. Um and the various other people I've been involved with in the diary. The research example, we've tried to act completely above board. We've got some of the most eminent ink specialists within the world and to get their opinion, and the ink has gone through micro test this test, that test, and <sighs> heaven knows it. In actual fact, it, if you like me to quote you some of the the ink test, which is actually in the, the paperback. Indeed, yes. Uh, yes. There's an extensive list of, of, of quotes from well, my so-called experts. Uh, I don't use the word mm. so-called. No, these, the these, are, these, are these, these were experts yeah. in their particular field. Now, having said, that, nah, the new book that came out, the lodger, um, this was a totally complete surprise me i yeah. was i informed about it so uh in actual fact the first time i heard about the lodger was literally last monday a week last monday when it was advertised on the trailer on radio Merseyside that this c- the following wednesday you were m- refusing, uh, yeah. to the to talking lodger. to Stuart evans and paul Ganey hence to say my children were here yes was aroused and that's why i'm here now now in the book of the lodger it just say now i have yet to see that research material i have yet to see what they have those particular authors what they have where their documents are. So, as we can say, we have produced our documents within the book. No, within the book too, they have re- reproduced the letter giving the name of this man completely. The letter. Yes, the letter. We, remember, we're on the subject of the ink, not the letter. Indeed, yes, we're, on the subject indeed, of the but we're the not talking about the same thing at all now, then we were talking about the ink in your diaries mm-hmm. and you are now Turning the conversation to the documentation within no, the book of not the Ripper, what I was saying, I was surprised at the contents. With so in in the logic, it does state categorically regarding the ink. R- Are your ink regarding the ink? Yes. Now, I have yet. This is the point I'm making. I have yet to go back and to find any document proof to that. I'm quite willing to be have an open mind, very open mind. If I could see that document evidence, Mike. Right, let me ask you: Is the diary of the Ripper a genuine diary? Now... That is a question that I've been asked a thousand, a million times, to the point where, as I say, I literally cracked up in the end. I just gave up and said, oh, for hell, with are sorry. If, I do apologise for that slip up with that one word. In the words of, shall we say, Beth Butler, you know, uh, damn, damn is all. Well, that's not the exact quote. But having said that, I got to the point where I was badges, badges, and badges, And this question is constantly asking, is the diary genuine? I have always maintained that the diary, in my belief, is genuine. I sincerely believe it. The evidence is there. There's too much evidence. The evidence is overwhelming. However, I cannot, and I still cannot, to this very day, and I don't think until the day I die. And I don't think in 200, 300 years, anyone ever will be able to prove providence of the diary. Unfortunately, I cannot prove providence of the diary. Yet everybody wishes me to prove providence, and I keep maintaining, how can I prove providence with great difficulty. With great difficulty. No, well, in fact, Obviously. it's impossible. Obviously. Obviously. Very, very difficult. Then why, why did you admit that it was a hoax? Ah, right. Other I was saying, I had two years of constant being attacked. You know, people pressure. I mean, phone calls in the middle of the night. To, I mean, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but this is all factual. Threats, everything. My own private life just completely and utterly disintegrated, to the point where I didn't have a private life in the end to the point where the diary literally got on top of me. And I went up and I got myself a bottle of scotch, quite honestly and truly, and I drank a whole damn bottle of scotch. And then after that bottle of scotch went, I went up and staggered up the next morning and drank another bottle of scotch. Two bottles of scotch within a period of 48 hours. I didn't know if I was coming, going, backwards or forwards. So much so, and it's well recorded because it's in the paperback book, I ended up in an alcohol trick. Now, I regret that. It was a very stupid thing to do are you better now oh yes completely well having said that one has to remember people handle pressure in different types of form you know my my type of form where i handle pressure stress i ended up taking to the bottle right and believe me drinking two bottles of scotch within a period of 48 hours considering i'm still on renal failure as well it's not a very sensible thing to do and i didn't know that i was coming and going and what statements i made at that time I just don't remember. But didn't you volunteer the information to the Daily Post that it was a hoax? And Then I was actually totally drunk. You were totally drunk? And the journalist, Mr Harold Ruff, will confirm, because it states in the paperback book, that he comes to the house and there was two bottles of scotch next to the sassy that I was sitting in. In right. actual fact, it's written in the diary. Yes. Well so What's you... the point of denying alcoholism when it's actually written in the paperback edition? What discussing your alcoholism uh, uh, as such which you admit to i'm wondering why you found it necessary to volunteer information to harold buff once example, again i repeat to say look this is a once hoax. once again this I is repeat, where I got, I got the documentation this is where point. i got the diary i got to the point where i just wanted to destroy the diary you to want to destroy, destroy. The diary? you, you want destroy. to get off your back i wanted to get off my back The diary which is my life even to the extent of now lying about it and signing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, we're totally. Look, I was a happy, easy-going man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was very happy, very content, responsible for my daughter's entrance to school. I was really happy and content. Then this da- diary comes into my life, it changes my life completely. It puts my world in a complete. It puts me in another world I didn't know existed. So you feel, mm-hmm. or you felt at the time, that the denial at this stage would take the pressure off you. Yeah, I thought, well, yeah, I thought, take all the pressure off me and say, hell, would I have to do this? No, it didn't. It had uh-huh. the exact opposite effect. Because did it you did have, s- have... the exact opposite effect. Did you thoughts. not subsequently, though, mm-hmm. sign a denial in a solicitor's office? Oh, I signed a denial in a solicitor's office, yeah. One of the 100% so because I said, to brother I wasn't even controlling my senses when I made that statement. Well, why did you do that? Deni- I made a denial that I didn't write the diary. That's what I'm saying. You wrote a denial that you didn't write the diary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was it not also a denial mm-hmm. that it was a genuine diary? Oh, no, no, it was a denial that I didn't write the diary. Uh, no, I always believed the diary was genuine. You know, what even I even wrote, wrote a denial. This well, was denial, is confused. But I wrote a denial that I wasn't was in control of my senses at that particular time. You know, I mean... So that was a denial of the denial, in a Yeah, words. denial of the denial. In other words, you know, I got fed up. I made a stupid statement when I was absolutely totally and utterly drunk. You know, and then I thought, right, when I sober up before my God, that statement was a, a total lie. So I had to deny that statement. Because my understanding was... This is where all the misconceptions have happened. My understanding mm-hmm. was that you made a sworn statement saying that you were not the perpetrator of the diary. In other words, that you didn't write it yourself. No, of course, yes. Well, I've made but that, that also statement. But didn't. If it was not genuine. Oh, no, 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 no. I've made a statement saying I did not write the diary. I've made a definite statement. I did not write the diary, you know. But I have t- definitely not made a statement, and Cathcart already denied that one, and that is factual because it's logged be with my solicitors. That is factual. That's there to say That I did, de- you know. I, I didn't under no circumstances stay for my solicitors, Mr. Richard barker Jones, who's been more than helpful. In fact, I couldn't thank that man enough. He's been very, very supportive, you know, for the whole thing because he knows the type of pressure I've actually had been under. He he is the one person that does know the pressure I've been under. Um, did you not indicate at, at a certain time that you actually? got the documents, the diary, from Ruth Liverland, uh, and a well-known firm <laughs> of antiquarians. That was the night, I was totally drunk, and that was the night that Harold Bush took me around in his car, and I, I think I had a bottle of scratch in my hand then, and if you, you can always check with Harold. You remember I, that? Oh, I think I had a bottle but scratch. I mean, you, re- you, you remember pointing out and saying that's where I remember went. remember going it. all over Liverpool at the time, I don't remember half the week's playfaces I went to. I'm pointing out the Blue Coat School so much for I the ink. Yeah, since then, I've been back to the Blue Coat School and I, I thought I'd say it, I went up there, when I, you know, once I got sobered up completely, I said, Dear, do, you, do you remember me? Do you, you know, do you know me? Have you ever seen me? This is the managers or the owners of the staff and they all say, no, we've never seen you, we don't know you and what have you. I said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> it was the only way I could prove that, you know, I mean, I was totally drunk at the time. Uh, but you've got to understand why I did get drunk. I have had enough of this. I can well understand. I have well and truly had enough of this. I can well understand why you got drunk. Yes, yeah. I can't, however, quite understand because my approach to things is not the same as yours, and you know the same know. as other people, and so again, forth. people. I can't understand different why you found from. it necessary, though, to tell lies and elaborate lies, very elaborate. Mm. That's where I got it from. That's where I got the ink from, and then actually go and sign away. Yeah, that's where I I sort of I release it. No, it actually backfired on me completely. All right, let's go mm-hmm. back to the beginning, if we may, Mike. Mm-hmm. I am not questioning your personal integrity. I'm just trying to clarify, because it seems right at the beginning there were... Now, this is the whole point. I know you're not. I appreciate that, but there's an awful lot of people that have tried. And this is one of the things that has really annoyed me, really become very frustrating, very annoying. And when you constantly have to defend yourself day in, day out, seven days a week. Now, for instance, in the paperback book, Shirley Harrison has wrote that I was, you know, in an alcoholic clinic. Now, I've had to come to terms with that because it's written in the paperback book now having said that people also actually also smash between our my bars they're still an alcoholic but i'm not drinking well you may it. not be drinking but you know as well as i do that once an al- alcoholic you only need one more and you can go back again there's, r- there's different parts of schools in that particular force there's different parts of schools in that particular uh, you know you're, i mean i know because i've been as an alcoholic. for sure clinic, so there are different schools of force having said that now the point is no i am um, i i've come back from the brink shall we say? I have literally come back from the ring I thought, you know, drink I found a way out to forget all these, this aggravation, to forget all this uh, onslaught. And I think that was a very appropriate onslaught felt directly towards me. Drink, I found a way out. In the end I found out that drink was no solution. And that that's the whole point. There's no solution. So you might as well be stand up, face the world, and come out and say, Right. I've, once again I am an alcoholic and probably be an alcoholic for the rest of my life in that case. You got you labelled it. But the point is you're not drinking, which is a heck of a big difference. That is a heck of a big difference. And Why should you be an alcoholic if it's only for a short period of time? Why should you be labelled for the rest of your life at that title? That's my point. You've always maintained that you obtained these diaries from a man called Tony Deverell. That's right. Mm-hmm. What sort of a person was he? Tony, to describe him, oh, uh, right, now. Tony was a print worker, he went on the retired, my habit. He was what I call, I call an ordinary man in the, in the street, the ordinary man in the street. You know, he, um, a chap to have a pint with you know uh, we got on exceedingly well good conversationist very good conversationist quite a bit older than you i would have thought. yes he was uh 60 well not at the time he was 57 i think when i was met him he was 61 when he died so it was about four year period um but don't call me on that because i'm not exactly sure if, i think he was about exactly. 61 yeah sure. actually um sorry so, so, so what type of man i don't know he was just a nice man he was a decent man Mom's yeah, man? yeah hey, well i always found him a no, no. If you're going to say, did he have the capability of writing a diary, don't worry, I've been asked that question a thousand times. Well, you're going to be asked again. No, I'm not trying to... Did yes. he have the capability? No, I'm not trying to be derogatory, so said, "Oh, Tony, not in the slightest whatsoever. I don't think he had the personal capability. You know, he was what I call an average working man that just went to work, you know, originally in the past, you know, before he retired. Because he uh, died so soon that he yes, could be questioned. Yeah, unfortunately he couldn't be questioned. I did question him quite several times. I did pester him. Badger him, in actual fact. I could say badger him. Why wouldn't he tell you where he got it? I don't know. I think eventually he would have told me. I mean, nobody anticipated going to die of a heart attack several weeks later. And, you know, less than a few weeks later. I mean, I didn't even anticipate. I, I knew he was a sick man. He had no family. Oh yes, yes, sister and two daughters and what have you. They were very good friends. Um,
0: and why did he give that f- to, to, to you, you then,
1: exactly? That's a good point. I used to go down and see him every day. I used to go and run around the betting shop. Oh, he fractured his hip, just for the record. This was Christmas previous, you know, he fractured his hip. So, and I used to collect Caroline from school, which is in Fountains Row, and he used to literally pass Tony's house every day. And previous to that, we always met in the saddle pub, we always drank in the saddle pub. Then he fractured his hip. Once he fractured his hip, I was still going down to collect Caroline. Hence, I was still passing... His house, it was literally past the school. I to always call in, does he want to put a bet on? You know, Stanley Ray, and back. You should be interested in that. Or he used to phone me up and say, hey, Mike, will you go and get me something, you know, from the shop, whatever the case may be. You know, it could have been shook, it could have been, you know, so I just caught in and. The old thing, yeah. The odd thing and everything. And then while I was there, we had a chat and we had a talk and everything. And we were having the same chats and talks over any discussion as if we were in a pub, meaning previously when we were in Exactly. the saddle pub, you know. Yes, Comfortable conversation. Comfortable conversation. So it's just a normal routine only, instead of being in the pub, I was actually in Tony's house. But you, know? you have mm-hmm. you have the capability to have written
0: no, a I diary like this?
1: People saying I have the capability. I mean, so you, you wrote short stories oh, first, yes, you you've been had, telling me. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much for the compliments. Yeah, I think the guy who plays. Well, I look at it this way then, if I have the capability to write the diary, my first of all, I have to be an ink expert. Now, first of all, you're saying I have to be a professional writer. I have to be a very very good professional writer not necessarily no. but you have to have a good mind yeah. of a particular sort sort right well i have to be a historian you have to know something about the not just the something 1880s just something. i have to know criminology, at the, the criminology at the time so therefore i have to be a historian a very well precise historian i would have to know two murders completely That's oh, very, very, so. very much so and the ripper there uh, are a few books are available can read up on yes, these. That's a tremendous amount of knowledge. And then, yes, again, something said there, go back to the Ripper books. There's so many contradictions within the Ripper books. So if the Forger is going to make a mistake. You could easily make one mistake from one Ripper book to another Ripper book. I mean, the Duke of Clarence. There's one. Stephen Knights. There's another. Uh, Melvin Harris. There's so many different contradictions. I mean, I can go through the diary, pe- pe- the things, the pennies, and everything. So easy to make a mistake. But yet the diary had it correct right the way through. Well, perhaps it had... It could you know, correct. Well, that Forger... In, in, a a in, in a way, you are extremely knowledgeable by the quotations you've been or the quotes you've been given to me in the last few moments even, mm-hmm. the various aspects of history, and you could very well have had all that information five years ago, six years ago, as opposed to, to now. In order to, you know, I to do that, I'd have to be a metal expert as well. Now, have you said that? I would have to be have to be a metal expert. Well, you've been in yeah. scrap metal. <laughs> yeah, but I've been being in scrap metal game and being a real metal expert is two different things, and particularly when the, the, the watch has actually gone through the university and has been passed within well that time and it has actually been uh, proven. This is be. something different. Now, this watch you're referring to, Mike, because uh, the watch was a watch which was found in a shop, I think in Liscard in Wallasey and it had on it faintly inscribed initials of all the alleged victims of the Ripper plus, allegedly, the initials of James Maybrick himself. And this was discovered at much the same time as your book was being published. Well, actually, it come out of the blue, but it wasn't discovered much at the same time. We must have a correction there. It was discovered approximately 18 months later. Right, so at, that, at that time. so it's Later in your publication? Late, later in the publication. In the, well, it was referred to although, in, in the first edition, surely. Well, was it was referred to in the first edition, I'm not quite sure. Yes, I know, but the first edition was over a uh, 12 months research previous to that, before the first edition, if you remember. Well, it cropped up. It cropped up uh, uh, at much the same well, time as you I, book I, I book have always kept myself take. distance from the watch, which I've come to, you know, later. But first of all, it was, it was, it was um, the watch was brought by, from uh, by the johnson brothers, from stewards to jewelers. Yes. Now, we went back, Shirley Harrison went back to trace the history and Susanna, that's uh, Susanna Stewart, uh, told, um, they got all the appropriate uh, documents, the receipts and everything else, and and the watch's history. Susanna's father had given them the watch, along with several of the gold stocks and antique jewellery, from their shop in Lancaster. Yeah, uh, from Lancaster? From Lancaster, when he retired. And that was at least eight years previous before the watch was actually in the rural shop. So Mr. Stewart maintained that they had had it in their possession, this watch, for at least eight years. For at least eight years. Uh, she also goes on, I said, probably as much as 15 years ago previously, she also goes on that. So, we so can the go, suggestion is that if you were in cahoots with them, you'd have to lay uh, your hands your on trail them. trail 15 years in advance. Previous to that, yes, right. Now, I've always kept myself distant from the watch, and I, I, I thought it was a very sensible thing to do, because I always was at the time, I have the diary, which I used to say genuine. Anyway, I didn't know what was going to crop up, you know, I always anticipated, and let, you know, something might crop up, somebody might be getting onto the bandwagon, once you find out that the diary was published and everything else. When I heard about the watch, totally out of the blue. In fact, when we published, a heard about the, watch, about the watch, and with Shirley Harrison, everybody was very, very alarmed. We were all, shall we say, on pins. So our immediate reaction was: we must get the watch tested, and we must trace the watch's history. Now, we duly did trace the watch's history, which we can go back. So that's by the jewellers, by the jewellers, by the receipts everything else and so the we, claim is that it was maybe watch. watch yes now having said that we went and we took the watch well i didn't actually because i had to say i've kept myself distant for what shirley Harrison took the watch and she got assessed at the university by one of the top metal in uh, manchester bitch, in manchester and he dated this approximately 10 to 10 years either way so how do you go about that apparently with the brass and the corrosion and the scratches and the marks that can grind over the brass it's impossible you know any new markings any new scratchings would have obviously showed up under the appropriate metal tests at that particular time which he did not do and the man who actually found the watch you say was actually killed only two weeks ago yeah approximately two and two two and a half weeks ago this is saying the diary has been literally cursed I mean there's there's so many it's touched everybody that has been involved on the professional side of the diary it's touched our lives in so many different ways Mike Barrett, owner of the so-called Jack the Ripper, James Maverick Diaries. And next time, the mystery deepens as Mike Barrett seeks to explain further signed statements he's made while still insisting the diaries are genuine. Till next time, this is Bob Ladia saying cheerio and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Zerdia was talking to Mike Barrett, the owner of the so-called Jack the Ripper, James Maybrick Diaries. And you can hear that the conversation continued at half past six next Wednesday evening. I'm now for the Azurdia interview. with Here's Bob Azurdia. <laughs> again. Bob Azertia here, and Mike Barrett, the man who two years ago produced what he claims is the diary of Jack the Ripper, alias James Maybrick, a Victorian murder victim, has been attempting to maintain that his claims are still valid and that the diary really is genuine. He's been moved to protest following a programme in this slot with Stuart Evans and Paul Grainy, who in turn have produced a new book called The Lodger, in which they claim that new evidence proves the Ripper was actually an American crack doctor named Frank Tumblety, who had relatives living in Widness, and who escaped the police when he jumped bail, having been charged with a lesser offence than murder. They say that Mike Barrett is discredited, and that he signed a sworn affidavit to the effect that the Ripper Diary is a hoax. Mike Barrett, in turn, says the Ripper Diaries have ruined his life, causing his divorce and alcoholism, and affecting adversely everyone who's been involved with the diaries professionally. Mike, you still, however, state categorically that the diary you possess is genuine. As far as I know, yes. You know, the point is, you see, going back to the original, when I cracked, I had two years people asking me, Providence? And when you haven't got the answer, and when you get the same question asked virtually seven days a week, oh, what do you do? You just, in the end, you just give up. I, I felt like carrying the tape around and just putting the tape on when anybody asked me and said, there's my answer. But you haven't helped yourself at all by denying and oh no, am not. Yeah, I am not. I haven't helped myself at all because I absolutely got fed up and totally fed up with the diary. I am sick to the diary. Even today. I mean, I'm in the studio now. It's the diary. It's the diary, the diary, it's seven days a week. Well, it didn't Mm. have to be. You could Mm. very well have walked completely away from it, because with due respect, you volunteered to come to this studio today. Mm. I didn't need it. I volunteered for one reason, and one reason alone, after listening to your uh, interview last Wednesday. And when I read that I had made a statement, an affidavit stating in the book, The Lodger, that I acclaimed claimed that I had written the diary, I knew that statement was totally and utterly false. And that was the reason I contacted you. Yes, but explain. you had you had signed a statement to the effect that it was a hoax, not necessarily... Now, that's that you're you're about the Daily Post statements. Indeed. And that was the only statements I've ever signed, only to the Daily Post, non- no others whatsoever. Well, the other one you signed apparently in the solicitor's office, which you referred to a little earlier, but you tell me that that was a denial of a denial. That was the denial of, the, you know... Of the, the den- Daily Post Of statement. the Daily Post statements. Yeah, you know, that was a denial. I thought I was totally drunk at the time. You see, I'm not, I will repeat, questioning your integrity, mm-hmm. but, and you seem an honest, sincere, worthy, and a the moment person, <laughs> But yeah. who knows what will happen now tomorrow. i said i had after moments and intend to be a great deal uh, permanently sober indeed I indeed about. indeed uh, and yeah. this is not meant critically but no you, no, you, you know you have proved in the past in yeah. the last couple of years mm. that suddenly, you do have to go back to the I, ask, I ask anybody anybody that they're dealing with the biggest serial killer in history to step into my shoes and they all think the money's fantastic there's hardly little everything's gone on legal fees i've seen the documents now have you seen They've not made anything no, very little. I just paid £11,000 now for legal fees alone, literally the week before last. That's and that Legal fees for... What? Fending off bad publicity, the press, and everything else. There's tremendous amounts of animosity being directed towards me. You know, from ripperologists I hasten to have. It's never been in their best interest to say the diary was genuine. Never been. Not all of them. Quite a lot of ripperologists attacked me very viciously. But do you... Do you feel that it is going to take any more turns at all or will your book be republished yet again? Oh, I should, I should imagine it will be republished because there, there is talk now of a movie. Well, still? Oh, yeah, still talking, really. yes, still talk of the movie. Yes. Because surely the feeling was that it was discredited by that story of yours in the Daily Post. Well, if it was discredited, then how come just less than a few weeks ago New Line Cinemas have stepped in and offered quite a considerable sum of money?
0: To make in the film? last
1: couple of months well, last, last year has been negotiated the last 18 months and that was well before that was well after the Daily Post well after the Daily Post you see they've they said they're very very interested in making a movie we are talking about Sir Anthony office playing the post James Maybrook and you believe that the so documents... you have to remember there as well as making the video which is shot by Paul Feldman he had his own Ripperologist team right there's a Ripperologist who never can turn around and say one poll not one referologist has said where it puts a fault to the diary not the actual diary not the contents of the diary whatsoever it all comes down to the end not one referologist to this day has turned around and quite categorically said that statement in a diary is false it couldn't have happened now that is factual now that really is factual i have said no? going back the new lines we had new line cinema they you can't tell me they haven't had their researches of it Shirley Harrison, the research teams have been so, in so many different camps that by now somebody somewhere would have discarded the actual contents of the diary. Yes, except that of course, as we are all well aware, it's perfectly possible to make a feature film based on fiction oh, and, and come true. up with uh, true. a yeah. purely entertaining oh, yes. piece, yeah. true. so that to yeah. this extent, it's still a good story. whichever Yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying that. Um, but what I am saying is, though, that uh, I think it'd be an the interest. The general public and somebody could come along and say well the contents you know this is where it falls down but it's not the contents of the diary it doesn't fall down at all so where do you think the thing was kept all the years and i've always it- firmly believed it was in nosy buildings but nosy buildings yeah, Noseley which Noseley don't, don't exist, exist anymore. anymore no there, it's only at uh, the, the the present site type Street silk house course and i think if, it, if we get my dates correct i think it was demolished in 1969 approximately uh, and then and silk house course was Built on that's a, on that premises. That's now, where Maybrick had his office. Well, the reason, that, yes, that's where Maybrick knows the buildings. Now, the reason I always say I maintain mean, the knows building buildings is very simple. Yeah, I leave this now in a place where it should be found. It doesn't say leaves in Valkyrie's house, right? he doesn't leave its Valkyrie's with, with servants or anything else, and that's going into the Maybrick case in general, which is well documented. Also, Lowry comes into it, which was his clerk, and at, at the beginning of the diary, says, I for Lowry for make me rip. Now, I don't believe be means make me rip as in ripper. I mean rip as in the pages of the diary, the part where it's destroyed because several items he mentioned that were also taken. And he does say, I have not know to say this on air, but he does say it because it says documented in the booth. Bastard, Lowry. Bastard, bastard, bastard. And he does state the in the booth. So why does an insignificant person come into the diary? The clerk. Lowry is his clerk. Therefore, I have the opinion, I've always had the opinion, if you read the diary very, very carefully, it does give the person the impression that he was writing the diary at Nosley Buildings. Now, on the 3rd of May, that was the day he took, he took to his bed. That was the day he took to his bed, and he died on the 11th of May. The 3rd of May, he gets out of the bed in the morning, and he travels all the way back to Nosedly Buildings. Once again, this is exceedingly well documented. He goes to Nosedly Buildings in the morning, then he goes to a Turkish bath the same late morning. Right? Now, he goes to a Turkish bath. Now, you don't carry a diary as big as the diary, the ledger that we have, to a Turkish bath. Then he gets back to the train and goes back to the train. You might have done. You might have done, particularly yeah. in a portmanteau or... Yeah, but then he gets shot the train exactly and goes back chased. to And then he goes back to, you know, he goes back to Battle Creek's house. You no. might have done. Why does he go back to Nosley Building? Now, first of all, you have to consider, he goes back to Nosley Building, because that's exactly where the diary is. That's what I'm fairly believe, that's exactly where the diary is. That's why he gets out of a sick bed and it's well documented. He was very, very sick at the time. Rastic poison. Now, why does he get out of sick bed and actually go there? Now he goes back to Nosley buildings. Now having said that, on the same night he returns back to his house and then there he stays until the 11th of May and he dies he He never gets out of his bed again. He never gets out of his bed again. Now he says in the diary, I leave this now in a place where it would be found. I am fairly convinced that he knew he was dying and he has put that diary in Nosley buildings in a certain place within Nosley buildings and it's remained there until it was demolished in 1969 and somewhere along that line, that's where that diary has somewhere come into Tony Devereaux's hands yes but now uh, that is my theory and of no, course i can't prove that no and nobody ever managed to find any of no. the demolition workers who no. had demolished no. the building who, no who we've tried have tried it. and
0: it's perfectly no.
1: plausible mike yeah. perfectly plausible but this indeed. is the way we feel but you you've obviously studied both the Maybrick case and oh, the ripper yes. case yourself yes. and all yes. this subsequent to the discovery of the diary no subsequently after the diary script i just i once I knew Maybrick was involved i wanted to go down to be published with enough ammunition as possible in order to convince a publisher, well actually I did, not actually approach a publisher, I had to push an agent there, so that was the agents approach a publisher, this is the way it works within the business, I had to go with enough ammunition to produce, you know, to convince an agent, and I went down with a great deal of ammunition, but of course my ammunition, I had this with my own personal research, was not sufficient, hence Shirley Harrison and her team yes. brought in, yes. hence Paul Farman eventually his team was brought in, and team after team after team, and hence the result was, the book so from that day onwards the diary was t- t- totally taken out of my hands yes and teams of experts were taking on and that diary was in their hands indeed from that day onwards but i mean you yourself by what you've been saying to me mm-hmm. are extremely well versed in the Maybrick case and mm-hmm. the movements of james Maybrick, Of oh, yes. up to his last well, moment because you're involved in the research once we began, once we began all the research once so all this information really you've gained subsequently, subsequently. no you, yes subsequently no subsequent, subsequent to having been given the diary. Oh, yeah. In other words, you weren't a, an expert or particularly... Oh, no, 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 in, I, in, in, uh, the, in yeah, the case before. Yeah, I thought you meant pre- yeah, previously. Quietly, no. No, sorry. No. Oh, yes, yeah, all this information. Yeah, I mean, I think I've become one of the world's greatest experts on either the river. I'm neighbor. Yes. You know, I mean, I've had to. You know, well... Shirley Harrison has had to, because we've had to defend that Perhaps. For perhaps. Them. Not necessarily, because, mm-hmm. again, the accusation could be, well, you're obviously very well-versed. You mm-hmm. could well have fitted these things in on the way. <sighs> well, as I say, once again, thank you for the confidence. That's all I can say. Thank you very much for the compliment. Well, I assure you what happens. What are you going to do now, Mike? Are you going to walk away, uh, ultimately, or, or, or not? I mean, to say, no. I think have I, this think time, I think you now. have deliberately I climbed over the parapet, as it were, yes. to be shot at now, because... Yes. Deliberately? Yes, because yeah, I'm full of confidence. All right. I'm going back to the day when I first started that journey to London, full of confidence, that I had the original diary of Jack the Ripper. And I did go for full of confidence. I didn't know what was going to happen afterwards. I had two years, literally, of sheer hell. And that's when I went to the bottle. Right, now, having said that, I'm absolutely confident I beat the bottle. I really do. Confidence, I'm quite proud of that fact, because it has been a tremendous struggle. Now I'm back to my former confidence self. So, let them come at me again. Let them come at you again? Yeah, but this time. Yeah, meaning, the riverologists, the newspaper people. You're ready for all the pressure once more? Definitely, this time. Oh, yes, definitely. And you're going to continue, then, mm-hmm. battling yes. for... The diary the, the diary yes, and when and you or it to be claimed when you, you really do i see i do admit that i went through one part where i couldn't i didn't want nothing to do with the diary anymore i wanted it off my hands and away you know i felt that the diary destroyed everything now i thought to myself what's the point the diary's there i can't sweep it under the table and really and surely i can't sweep it under the table no matter how much i could have tried to sweep it under the table i couldn't it was out of control it was preconcised monster so i've got to come to terms the practice monster exists so I had to come to terms with this practice side monster so I've got to go back and go back into the ringside so to speak and find the corner again now turning to a different tack altogether, Mike in the paperback edition mm-hmm. of your ripper diary there are allegations that in fact it is your oh. wife who physically wrote the diary your wife and from whom you are now divorced now what about all this rival right, well, first of all yeah uh, right well, she's listening or eventually she does listen to this right yeah I know i'm trying to be offensive man but you haven't got the fake capability that sounds an insult i don't mean that to be offensive to it i don't want to take it off personally or what have you i think it's total nonsense a lot of things have been said that the diary was handed and handed the diary to tony deborah buyer and then tony Devereux give me the diary one thing where there's been, once again, I keep saying a lot of misconceptions, and I think there's a very appropriate word, misconceptions, is that I have made several mistakes with this study because I've been very, um, well, shall we say, I can't say ill-advised, but I've been literally stranded by myself and had to make my own decisions by myself at all the time, and people are coming at me left, right, and centre, so I've been forced to make decisions there and then at the spot. And sometimes these decisions have not been as wise as they might have been. Not been as wise, might have been, right, I fully admit that. You know, can call me a fool, but then again, the pressure that I've been under, I'm not trying to justify that, I'm just trying to explain this. I haven't had, the, you know, the, the advice there given immediately at hand when a question has been asked. What I have been asked is, did I believe Anne's story? And my honest answer is, I haven't not been able to speak to my wife since she left me, January, right, January uh, 95, uh, 94. 94. 94. 94. 94, so you've been apart, been apart now for 18 months. 18 months. I've never sat down and discussed this issue with my wife. How can I possibly, you know, cooperate with my wife, or my ex-wife to be precise, when she hasn't explained the story? This this information has been relayed on to me via various other people, i.e. Shirley Harrison, i.e. Robert Smith, my publisher. Yes, but the claim is right. that, in fact, the diaries are genuine and had been or at least this is one of the claims that the diaries are genuine but had been in her family Mm -hmm. for years and years and years that is the claim and her name her sir her married her her maiden name was was graham correct Mm -hmm. and in fact mrs maybrick had graham's related to her no um florence maybrick had a little child and she used the name graham this is where it is. She didn't have relatives as this is. But once again, research is developing. We don't know if Ronald Maybrick did have the relationship literature, literature, with child. Research is still in progress. So, therefore, we can't compare Anne's story because there's tremendous amounts more research to go into it. Right. We have asked Mr. Paul Thurman to produce the video to produce the appropriate documents that he has fit, and he has not seen fit to produce them to Shirley Harrison or I or dory Montgomery or Robert Smith. So, somebody- so he is holding back. Somebody does claim to have documentary proof. Paul Feldman of MIA Productions is claiming to have documentary proof. We have yet to see that documentary proof. And this would therefore put a real link in place. A link in place. But if we can have that documentary proof, we could all be working as a team instead against one another. Which doesn't make sense. Paul Feldman is in one camp making a video And and not releasing the information. Anne is working with Paul Bellman. i'm not releasing the information. Well, are there any other uh, Grahams about? No, 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 no. So, um I mean, no you mean directly related to Anne? Surely. No, sure. no, yes, no, re- no. Directly no, related no, to, no, to as, your as, wife as, or going back as to Billy Graham died, that was the end of... Billy Graham? Uh, Billy Graham, William Graham. William Being father your father-in-law. Yeah, father your in-law. father-in-law. As he died, that was it. It was only Anne. Uh, Anne, Anne and, and he his, never made any reference to this diary? Never whatsoever. No so if about. the if any of this is true, mm-hmm. there are one or two other possibilities. One being one suggestion being that your wife actually had been keeping these diaries. And then gave them to Tony Devereux to give to you for some reason, which I find highly improbable for a very simple reason is she says she states
0: in a statement which is there for the paperback to sit. For, for all to see, my relationships between Billy Graham and I had broken down relatively
1: for several years previous. However, up until Christmas 1994, Billy Graham was having Christmas dinner in our house. Top of that, he was. I was also taking the British Legion every Sunday. The pleasure people vary by that fact. Also, on top of that particular fact, I was also going down every Thursday and collecting his pension for him, which my signature was on. Pregnancy book and I was also cleaning this glass on the Thursday. If I didn't clean this on the Thursday, somebody else obviously, a friend of his, Jake, did. But the point is there's too many people can verify that, that relationship did not break down. So therefore, within Anne's statement in the paperback, there is one fact that is absolutely untrue. And I felt I had the right to justify that particular fact. Now, because Anne hasn't explained or haven't had the opportunity for Anne to explain these facts to me and why she come out with this statement, I am left in a limbo. And I think that is a very appropriate word, limbo because nobody has been able to contact my wife and we tried to prove letters. We tried everything possible and she will not communicate with either of us she's still in Liverpool we believe she's still in Liverpool now we, we have uh, Shelly Harrison has tried to contact her and she's not, not having no, no more discussions with she. she's not having no more discussion with Shelly Harrison Dorian Gregory no more discussions Robert Smith no more discussions so the people most appropriate people are all actually involved with the diary meaning the diary at Jeff the Ripper, have made numerous approaches, including my solicitor, Mr. Richard Bark jones have made numerous approaches to contact them to no avail. So how can we turn around and produce something which we do not have, i.e. the evidence that Paul Thelman says he has? We are left in a limbo. Well, now, you did say earlier on that you had not signed any other affidavits at all, or any... Oh, the only affidavits i did sign which i think this is where the misconception is arose is that i had i made an affidavit saying that i do not and will not believe and statement until it is explained and i have the evidence in front of me but she did give the evidence to give the diary to Tony never you see when you're in a position where i've never been able to prove providence at a diary everything is vital important to give to my credibility it is vital and when you're not armed with this particular evidence and you're not armed with the appropriate documents how it doesn't put me in much standing. Is it not the case that on the 5th of January this year, you signed a statement, you actually signed a statement in the solicitor's office in Dale Street in Liverpool, to the effect that your wife, Anne, had physically written the diaries, you provided the information for her to write, and the two of you, together with Tony Deverell, conspired for the whole thing no that is totally incorrect what you forever. surely signed that i signed a statement somewhere along the line the statement has gone totally as around where where it's gone as a line i signed a statement stating quite categorically that i did not believe and story and that is the only statement i have signed i only remember that was on the 5th of january to be very honest with you because i was so adamant that i would i would not accept Anne's story until i sat down and i seen the documented evidence in front of me and I think it's very vital I see the documented evidence that uh, that's, uh sorry, Graham, Florence Maybury, had a legitimate child called Graham. I have yet to see that document's evidence. But is it not possible that perhaps you didn't read what you were signing? Oh, I didn't. I you did not read what you were signing? No, I didn't read what I was signing. So, it is possible that you signed this document saying that you had provided the information and Anne had done the writing and the three of you you two together, together with Tony Devereaux. I Deborah. suppose it's possible, but I wouldn't like to think that, you know, that's been used against me. And anyway, or, anyway, somebody's pissed at the information and then used my signature. Well, sure, I am sure that there, are, but there are copies of this affidavit, apparently. I've, apparently there is, so just be informed, you know. But the point is, the affidavit that I made was saying, quite categorically, that I did not believe Anne's statement. Yes, so you thought you were signing something quite different. Oh, I thought I was signing... A document stating that I did not believe I'm statement until, and I emphasize, until I see the document evidence that Florence Maybrick had an illegitimate child. I have yet to see that documented evidence. And that is vital. I've also got to see how Graham has related to Florence Maybury. How that connection can be done. Now, Paul Thelman, just for the record, was being very enthusiastic over this diary. So much so that on the 17th of March, Mother's Day Sunday, in nineteen ninety one no nineteen ninety-two after the publishing agreement was signed and I am bound by a publishing agreement, took my wife, my daughter and myself to the most House Hotel in front of a gentleman, a all there's just a number people, keeps getting no, I don't think he's gonna there, and offered me five thousand pounds cash on the table in order to buy in for the diary. I actually totally refused that offer. The following Monday the letter is in my solicitor's office, which is there for all to see. I was offered £15,000 to buy in for the diary from a client We able to find out it was by it was Paul Fellman. Now having stated that, I still refused. Then Mr. Paul Thurman went on a relentless campaign against me, because I literally, I can't say against me. Let's say he wanted the province of the diary, so he didn't actually come against me. But what he did do, he intruded and had researchers going into my own private life and my own family. And he actually had researches finding my family, finding birth certificates, and going into my private life and my family. But this is reasonable, surely, if you yourself have said that you are trying to find out the background to Mr. Graham. Yes, but where where does my family come into it? Oh, they're, they're related to the Grahams. No, I'm a pirate. Sure, 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 but your father-in-law was Mr. Graham and your wife was a Graham. Yes, yeah, more, all right, yes, the entire... Yeah, i never considered it in that point of view, you know, I mean, I was a Barrett and I was a Graham, yeah, you know, I, I, I can see your point, yeah, I can see your point, but there's never any contacts with the Grahams or the Barretts, in that respect. The difficulty is that you have now actually signed two things which do your credibility great damage. Great ah, damage? Yeah, I, I suppose... P- people can say that but then again you can, you can say that you know people p- p- documents can easily be changed and altered and everything uh, You're not really suggesting that th- this happened are you? There's a possibility if this is the case Well there is a possibility of an atom bomb dropping on us tomorrow but it's highly unlikely No there's it? also a possibility that diary entire Ripper, somebody giving it that possibility of, of an, an atom bomb dropped on my left Yes It's the same, course, the same of course situation. you're not really suggesting that that document you signed in the solicitor's office has been tampered with now I can't suggest that until I see legal advice. I do not know. Right. It's as simple as that. All as I do know is the statements I signed, which the statements I actually did sign, was quite categorically stating that I do not believe Anne's story until I see the documented evidence. Yes, but you haven't... you didn't read it, you said, also. I so did not read You it. didn't read what, what you actually signed. No. So, it transpires, you have signed two very damning documents against your own credibility. This being one, and the other one, when I'll call you, me naïve. You, when, you when, when, right. when, when you were drunk, for very Bowles. Yes, naive. I call you naïve. Yeah, I call you foolish, with all respect. I mean, in, it. Sorrow. Yeah. in sorrow, yeah. in sorrow, of yeah. course, yeah. Of, of course. course. Naive, and what have you. But it doesn't look you your, your, your case or your credibility any good, does yes, it? Yes, but then again, you've got to remember that there's that much animosity being directed towards me over the past three years. It's been incredible. It really has been incredible. And the people that you believe that you can trust, all of a sudden, say now to be your enemies. Then why not completely walk away? Completely walk away. Because I believe in the diary. I can't walk away, it's impossible. And the the next major line of story or information will no doubt come when your wife Anne actually your former wife Anne mm-hmm. speaks once, and her point of view. once once we have got that I will not believe us until I see that documented evidence in my hand. I don't think Shirley Housend will believe us until she sees that documented evidence in her hand. I don't think Dory Montgomery, my agent, will believe it until she sees that documented evidence. And I don't think Robert Smith, my publisher, will believe it until he sees that documented evidence. And all of us have yet to see that documented evidence. Who owns the so-called Diary of Jack the Ripper, alias James Maybrick. And the quest for the verification of the story continues with the author of the book Shirley Harrison and Anne, Mike's former wife, who may know more than we've been led to believe. And what of Paul Feldman, whose business interest in the Ripper-Maybrick mystery has turned to filmmaking and near obsession with the search for the truth. The trail of the hundred-year-old mystery continues to unwind, and more sensations will be revealed next time. Till then, from me, Bob Azaria, it's Cheerio, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye now.
0: Mike Barrett on BBC Radio Merseyside in September 1995. We are a podcast sponsored and hosted by Casebook.org, where you'll find over 160 roundtable discussions, author interviews, conference presentations, Whitechapel Society meetings, and archive tapes all about Jack the Ripper, East End history, and Victorian true crime. If you have any questions or comments about any of our releases, feel free to contact us on the Casebook message boards or find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching for RipperCast.